Shi'ar Jashub means a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalso, and along with the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, I'd like to welcome you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalso, has been teaching a study series on heavenly authority. The current sermon is from the book of 1 Samuel, and we have been examining the childhood of that prophet as he innocently serves before the Lord in the tabernacle of Shiloh, assisting Eli, the high priest. We've seen the faithfulness of Samuel's mother, Hannah, and we've witnessed the corruption of Hophni and Phinehas, Eli's sons, who are also priests of God, but who abuse the people, engage in immorality, and treat the holy sacrifices of the Lord with disdain. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he continues the Sunday message in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. Moreover, verse 19 of chapter 2, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So we see in this section the good nature of Hannah and Elkanah. They again always come up for the yearly worship. And the joy she must have had making that little robe and the love she must have made that robe with to replace his clothing every year when they would come up for the worship. And obviously, Eli appreciates her sacrifice and he appreciates little Samuel's service because he blesses her. And again, God hears the blessing, and Hannah has more children. That word loan there could also be gift, the gift she has given to the Lord. And the Lord visited Hannah. He visited or attended to Hannah. The spirits of all people come about only because the Father ordains it. Our bodies, our flesh come from our parents, but the spirit comes from God. And she has children, three sons, two daughters, and God blesses her even more. So the praying, worshiping, obedient, humble, and sacrificing woman, this barren woman is blessed abundantly and brings forth much fruit. And that's really the gospel. This woman was brought to a place of brokenness. She was humble. She was obedient. She was faithful to God. She was sacrificing. She wanted what God had for her. And in barrenness, much fruit has been born. Not only Samuel, who will be a great man of God, but she has more children. God takes our barrenness, and he, when we come to him, he gives us a harvest that only he can give. And meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. He knows the Lord. He knows the presence of the Lord. Matter of fact, if you go down to verse 26, it says, skipping over 22 to 25, 
In verse 26 it says, And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. So Samuel grew before the Lord, verse 21, and the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. And that should remind us immediately of a scripture in the New Testament in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 where it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Very, very similar phrasing used with Samuel that will be used with the Lord Jesus. And Samuel, indeed, in his different ministries, is a type of the Lord Jesus himself. And you see here that Samuel is a good kid. But now you go back to Eli's sons, you read in verse 22. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Eli can't avoid it anymore. He has knowledge of what's going on. And when he finds out about the immorality, it's the breaking point. He can't avoid speaking to his sons any longer. Verse 23, So he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. All the people know what's going on. They know the evil that the sons are doing. And Eli is hearing about it, and he has to confront them. Know, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. Now, the NIV translates that a little differently, but I believe it's a proper translation in New King James. You make the Lord's people transgress. And it's really true. It's a true statement of fact of wicked leadership. Malachi 2.8, which we might look at later on, says, But you have departed from the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Speaking about how the priests, in their corruption, caused many to stumble at the law. When you have people in authority that are wicked, they represent, they're supposed to represent the Lord, and they're in spiritual authority, and they're wicked, and they do what's wrong, they will lead many to sin. Who will say, look at them? If they're the way they are, there must be nothing to this. And they walk away. Who will say, well, I believe in God like they believe in God. And if they can do it, I can do it. If they're the priests and they do what they do and God forgives them, I can do what I want to do and God will forgive me. Others will just simply withdraw. And those that know what's right will be constantly frustrated in their faith. It's a horrible thing in a position of authority. We're speaking about heavenly authority. When a person does evil before God, because as Eli says here, you make the Lord's people to sin. The sin doesn't just stop with them. Because they're visible, that sin is like yeast. That sin is like the bad apple in the barrel. It spreads through the whole congregation. You make the Lord's people to sin. To transgress. He says in verse 25, if one man sins against another, God will judge. We have a fair God. 
and he judges us fairly as some can say, well, you've sinned against me. And many times we sin against someone and they sin against us. And there's a fair God who will judge. But if a man sins against the Lord, verse 25, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. It's a horrible thing for those in religious authority to make God their enemy. When you sin against, we sin against each other, God will judge us. When we sin against him, what they're doing is a direct affront to God. When you sin against the Lord in a position of authority, you're making God your enemy. If someone's in the pulpit and they don't believe what they're preaching, they're looking for money, they're looking for position, they're corrupting the people, and they're using the name of God in vain from a position of authority, they've made God their enemy. Who will intercede for them? They sin against the Lord. God will judge fairly between men, he says, but if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? And you can sense from this wise counsel of Eli that he loves his sons. He's concerned for his son's well-being. He knows that they're bringing reproach on the Lord. They're blaspheming God. And he's afraid, and he's concerned, and you can feel the love and the wisdom in his words. Really, we've all sinned against God. In Psalm 51.4, David says, Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He knew that his sins were an affront to God. And who will intercede for us? Well, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them for such a high priest was fitting for us who was holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners and has become higher than the heavens and is speaking about Jesus Christ we sin against each other. In our lives, we sin against God. And we have an intercessor. We turn to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But here, Hophni and Phinehas are sinning against God, and more so in their position of authority, they're trampling on the things of God. And those things of God speak of God's mercy. The sacrifices that they're stealing speak of God's mercy. And they really have no concern whatsoever. It's not as though, you know, you look back in your life and you remember the things you've done. You say, Lord God, I've sinned against you. Against you only I've sinned, David said. And you bring it before the Lord and we have the intercessor in Christ Jesus. They're trampling on the intercessor. They're trampling on the mercy. They're trampling on the sacrifices of God. And they're not concerned whatsoever about the things of God, only about themselves. And it brings to mind another scripture in Hebrews, later on in chapter 10, and verse 26, when it says, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation 
which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God on the foot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Verse 31, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. How beautiful and faithful is the wisdom found in God's word. I know in today's fast-paced world, it is difficult to find the time to write. But it is such a blessing when we receive your letters. And may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the church outreach of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. Shia Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We look forward to being with you again on our next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub.